Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Mm-hmm. We don't know what we want to expect. I don't know how we're, to talk. <laughs> the best would be if you just froze up completely on stage and started forgetting how to speak. Mm-hmm. You don't know Team Apollo? They're fantastic. It's literally the first time I've heard of this band. You've never heard of them, not once. No. Mm-hmm. Dingo, I ate my baby. Is that their hit? Yeah, that is it. <laughs> dingo, I ate my baby, and the dingo, I ate it again. Mm-hmm. I go to take it back to the to LAX, to the Hertz there, and this guy is standing there. He says, uh, hold your baby. <laughs> uh, three months? And he says, uh, but didn't they tell you? Oh, if you have a newborn baby, we'll drive you right to your gate at LAX. Mm-hmm. And we get out. I go to pay for like a cart. And he's like, oh, you don't have to do that. I'll get you a free one. <laughs> what? what the hell's going on here? Didn't they tell you? I'm smoking crack with you in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. What is happening? Like, am I going to have to this guy? Is that what it's going to come down to at the end? <laughs> didn't they tell you? And then he just points down. Mm-hmm. You went to Jamaica, Dan. That was great. Did you have to anyone down there? <laughs> You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast. Don't, don't, don't get up. It's the last podcast for March of 2019. Hmm. We'll never get this month back. It's over for us. I tell you, spring is in the air. You feel a bit of the sun. In Scarborough. <laughs> but other parts of the country, like Ottawa, where we were over the weekend, is still chilly. It was balls cold. It was, it was pretty... Uh, after our live show, we were walking around downtown looking for somewhere to eat. We couldn't find anywhere open. We were freezing. Other than that, beautiful time. <laughs> yeah, every place we went, they're like, ah, kitchen closed. Get out of here. Go on! Is there anywhere else open? Yeah! Way down the way there! Walk for blocks! Well, if you aren't... So if you don't know Ottawa, beautiful city, we we rave about it all the time. But they have a a market section where that's what the bars and the restaurants are in. We did not go to that area. We went to like where the financial buildings are. Where the people... They're long gone. They went home at 5 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, we went to a restaurant that was recommended to us across the street from our hotel called The Riviera, which is also where they have the Genesis open every year. And it looked like an amazing restaurant. We it missed it by unreal. 15 minutes. We missed the kitchen being open. We, you know, at that point, don't they give us some of their scraps? <laughs> I didn't think we'd get cold because I came down because you meet in the lobby. So... <laughs> We met. We were going to go for drinks and dinner. And I didn't have a jacket on. I'm like, uh, I thought we were just going to eat right here. But we should have. Yeah. That, that should have been the call <laughs> we made. But we did not. And then we went to two bars after we ate. So we found a restaurant, had a nice meal. And then we went to two bars. That we went to a, essentially a punk rock bar. The Old Dominion. People will know it. If you've been to Ottawa, you've been to the Old Dominion. Really great bar. Reminded me of a bar in a Saskatchewan hotel. Yes. And then we went to, what was it? Moscow. The Moscow Tea Room. The Moscow Tea Room. And that was like, it was just the entire bar looked like a big packet of cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) That's the bar. Remember I was there like a month ago to see my nephew play baseball and I asked the concierge in my hotel, I said, 
okay, where's like, where's a bar I can like hang out and yeah. not feel a hundred? He goes, oh, here's the one. Sent me there. And no, I, no. <laughs> I felt, I felt a hundred. Yes. Bar. That was not the place for us. But it was a great time, and we haven't even talked about the live podcast we did at yeah, Algonquin right. College. And I was correct. That theater was not around when I went to school there. And one of the big themes of the live podcast was beginning the campaign to get that. It's called the Algonquin Commons Theater. Really boring name. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that a new grassroots movement has begun to rename the theater after its most famous alma mater, Dan O'Toole, the Dan O'Toole Theater. So, we're going to play a little snippet here. Now, we were going to have a separate podcast and air this thing. In fact, you promised that. <laughs> I did. But then, after we did it, we said, it's too video heavy. Yeah, What? so in our typical fashion, we separately gathered a few elements that we thought might be fun to play. We had a big screen, and Christoph came with us, Stoff came with us, and, and he had the computer ready to play all the clips. And, and in typical Jay and Dan fashion, we showed each other uh, pieces of paper with what we had brought uh, 10 minutes before we walked on stage. And then we... Mine was a drawing of you. <laughs> then we, then we uh, assembled the clips in order. Yeah. And then we went out. And it went amazingly well. It was terrific. Uh, the, first of all, the crowd was awesome. I can't thank uh, everybody at Algonquin enough. For, not just the people uh, who, who came to see the show, but the people who organized the show. Uh, Allison and Megan... Um, and uh, oh, uh, Carolyn played the clips for us. So professional, they did such a great job. So yep. I can't thank them on, enough. And and it just ended up being a great fun night. And um, I had a great view because I was uh, facing Stoff. I could see him in the wings of the stage. He was like a, uh, a conductor. symphony conductor back yeah. then. He was like Carolyn, boom, yeah. boom. He's just waving everyone around, seamless. It was it was seamless and. Well, should we play the clip and then we'll talk a little bit more about it? Sure, okay. Here's, um, we'll find out what Stoff put together about our, our time on the stage in Ottawa for our first ever live podcast. Please welcome to the stage, Jay and Dan. Conk it up! Conk it Conk up! Conk it up! People showed up! Wow. There was just not enough to do in Ottawa tonight. I know my cousins were coming. Is Eric here? Eric? Mm -hmm. This theater was never here when I was here. And that's why they built it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is an exciting thing for me to be able to announce. Tonight, we christen this theater the Dan O'Toole Theater at Algonquin College. Mm -hmm. Where I went to school, Algonquin, we're, we're, we're here. We're here, Dan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you say, here's my money, when do I show up? That only works at USC if your mom... Oh, oh, a bunch of Trojans fans here. F you, USC. Mm -hmm. This is your first time on air. Oh, let's hear it. Oh, boy. Supergrass on it's 96.9 <laughs> CKDJ. Mm -hmm. I've been talking a lot about my sensitive nipples on the podcast, guys. Do any of you suffer from sensi nips? <laughs> Are you mocking me, sir? Mm-hmm. After every sends loss, leave messages for Melnick like that. Listen here, you gaga. You piece <laughs> of <laughs> shit. Trade away all our <laughs> good players. <laughs> you threaten us. Mm -hmm. Just get him the out of Ottawa. It's easy, sir. There's kids in the crowd. It's children. This is an all ages show. I apologize. 
Yes! Apology Applause accepted. Applause to that man. Apology accepted. Mm-hmm. Ian Mendez. This is a Bush League move. It really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes! Ah! Yes! Engineer Jim! Can you chug that beer as you say goodbye to us? Oh, absolutely. Yes! Ah, chug, 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 chug. Okay, question time. We have a mic up here. If you, uh, you have the gonads, you can come up here. Mm-hmm. Hi, here what's we- your name? Sean. Nolan. <laughs> oh. Wait. Hey, Sean, dial it back 15%. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have another question? Another question. This is another Sean. I guess her names are popular in Ottawa. I mean, my next question is... You haven't asked the first question. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's your name, sir? All right, uh, my name's Josh Primo. I do uh, play-by-play on CKDJ. Yes! Nice. <laughs> they call me uh, Primetime on the station. Okay, dial it back. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's wearing Roots joggers and a T-shirt. You getting late much, Primetime? Gonk, gonk, gonk it up. Thank you, Ottawa. Thanks, everybody. Gonk it up. Thank you. Welcome to the Thank you guys. Gunk, gunk, gunk Thank you up. very much. On, it'll be fun. Goodbye, guys. That sounded almost entertaining. <laughs> it was. And um, we met some people after. I think we confused a lot of people. Because um, we sat on stage. We said, okay, well, we have to. We were supposed to be off the stage at 9.30. We went to like 9.50. And then finally we said, we, okay, I think they closed the theater at 10. We got to get out. Uh, but we had a meet and greet. I think people thought we were coming to the lobby of the theater for a meet and greet. Oh, were people waiting for us out there? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, really? I'm just learning this information now. I feel terrible. Yeah, so, uh, but we had people, I don't know how they were back there, but they were backstage for a meet and greet. So, some, yeah, we had people back for the meet and greet. So, why did some people get the memo and others didn't? Including my cousin Eric, who called me and says, Okay, where are you? I'm like, I'm at the hotel. I'm gone. You were gone, and he was still at the theater waiting <laughs> yes. for you, right? He's like, You're I signed for up for a few courses. Oh, man. It was great, and as you could hear there, we were able to Skype in Engineer Jim from Los Angeles, and it was the biggest reaction of the night. When he came on the big screen, everyone went bananas. So, all in all, the, Dan mentioned it. We're not going to post it because we played, and you didn't really hear it, obviously, but we played so many video clips. Um, we're not going to give them away because... Uh, They're magical. We'd like to continue to do this. and We had so much fun. It went over so well that I think we'd like to continue to do this. But we don't think it translates to an audio podcast. It's more of a stage show. We're performers now, and that's just the way it is. One of our fears was the big-time uh, Hollywood agent, Ben, that was there to watch yes, it. Was, yes, he would we see told it, you about him last week. That he would see it sneak out, and we would never hear from him again. Mm-hmm. But... He liked it, and then he um, paid for our dinner. He so that was good. He was so kind. He came in and said, "Just do that, and you're good." And then he said, "Let's go eat," and I'm buying. Great guy. And I, I asked him. I said, "If we do a podcast tour, can I add one thing to our rider?" Oh yeah, can we talk about our rider? That was a. I just want a bowl of chips. We had a bag of Doritos and some salsa, but no bowl. I just and, want a bowl. Well, we. We could have opened the container and opened the bag and dunked out of the container. Do you, uh, do you want Ben's hand in that bag of Doritos? Yeah, that's fine. Hmm. I, I know where Ben's been. 
He's been at the Old Dominion. <laughs> yes, he's the one who chose he, it. He was the one who wanted to go there. I kept looking down at the carpet in the Old Dominion. No, I gave it a feel with my foot. I didn't take my shoe off, but I gave it a feel. It looks like carpet, but it's kind of like a, a rubbery uh, feel. It wasn't Oh, okay. I thought it was like uh, almost like like turf, you know, like that <laughs> kind of carpet. Like just like the kind of carpet you have in your garage or something like that. Oh, who has carpet in their garage? I don't know. I got it a, was a uh, great show. It a was really quarter fun. 50 there, which you have to do in a place like that. No, no, I didn't do that. Uh, so yeah, it was it was just a, a terrific time, and again, I just I was so I, I wasn't worried, but I was wondering, is everyone going to remember all the things that we used to do? We brought out some some video from from the ancient times, and it went over very well. <laughs> so I think we'll continue. So stay tuned to uh, to our Twitter feed, to our Instagram feed. Uh, there may be an announcement coming soon involving. Okay, um, so. We're talking about a rider. A rider is what you give um, a theater. If you're a, a musician, if you're us. It, Famously, you say, I, the uh, Van Halen, the brown yeah. M&Ms had to come out. So you say, I want like uh, some water, some red wine, whatever. So we didn't give one of these to the theater. And again, I won't be demanding, oh, but uh, what, would you, you? what would you put on yours if we were asked for one? So we got uh, a little red wine, which we appreciated. We want, would want no, a lot. No, I brought that. Oh, did you bring that? Yeah. Oh, that wasn't part of the rider? No. So what did the rider I went and got it out of the car. Oh, okay. What did the rider... Have? The rider just had the Coors beers, which we appreciate because Those we like Those are delicious Coors. banquet beers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Coors is... Uh, well, they did sponsor the podcast one time, and, and we certainly appreciate that. So that was good. I would say uh, I'd like probably a couple of cases of red wine. <laughs> And then just uh, and then just some pita chips, and uh, I'll be good. How about you? Yeah, I'd put some red wine on there. How about a pork chop? You want a a raw pork chop that you can cook <laughs> and a hibachi? No, I want it cooked. You want a freshly prepared pork chop by a chef, some applesauce on the side. <laughs> And uh, mashed potatoes would be delicious. I don't see why that couldn't happen. Because we did run into a problem. I drove to Ottawa, and because of the timing of um, the event and all that stuff, the last thing I ate before the show was a uh, a delicious Tim Hortons BLT bagel. Nice. You're really hitting up the Timmies. Got eh? that in Marmara. Beautiful. Marmara. What happened in Marmara? Why do I know about Marmara? It's the home of Greg Tarion. Okay, that's not what I was thinking. I don't know if anything's happened there. It's a nice, sleepy town. So, if a pork chop was sitting there waiting backstage, oh. Steamy hot, ready instead, for you to dig in, and then out right onto the stage you went, man, you'd be on fire. Well, you saw me post-show. You thought I was going to take a bite out of a lamp pole. Well, you uh, and your lady friend, I didn't realize that you were, you were so hungry. You were hangry. <laughs> Hangry is a better term, um, because we we were directed to a restaurant that was recommended by the people of the Riviera, and we were almost there. We were a hundred yards from it. We were looking at our phones and saying we're a hundred yards, but you saw a different restaurant that was open, and you said no, me going here <laughs> because it was like ten minutes to close, and I'm like, I don't know if we can chance this because if we went to the other one, it was supposed to be open for another half an hour though. The kitchen. That's why we were going there. Uh, but I think we had a great meal, the restaurant we went yeah, to. Yeah, at Brown's. Brown's Social House, which uh, is a nice chain. 
That was the first time I'd ever been there, to be perfectly honest. And I feel bad. So the waitress was very nice. Um, the server was very nice. She talking was very to us. nice. And she yep. was asking, what are you guys doing in town? You aren't going to say, we're here to do a podcast. Like, I lied. Why don't you, you can just, you yes. don't have to cover for me, Dan. I lied. So I. Well, you, you don't want to say. I didn't want to be like, well, we're here doing a live show. And so <laughs> all I said was, and also, you know, we were just having a conversation. I just said, oh, we're here to see some of the museums. And, and she says, which ones? And I said, ah. And First off, she asked when you arrived and when you were leaving. So she said, wait, you flew in for one night to go to museums? And then you're like, oh, crap. And then I said, National Art Gallery. But didn't you say National Gallery? Or wasn't that separate from something else? But then that's when she put everything together. She said, so when are you leaving? I said, tomorrow. And, I, and then she's like, Okay, wait a second here. Yeah, I think she knew she was on to us at that point. Um, the, the bottom line is, if you're a server at Brown's Social House, be friendly, but not too friendly. <laughs> know when we are clearly lying to you. Because at one point, I did, I did think to myself, like when she said, what gallery? I almost said, okay, you got me. I lied to you. <laughs> I should have just said that. You got me. I I'm here for something else, and I just don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> Why didn't I want to just say, oh, we're doing a live podcast? Because that opens up a I whole think, other yeah. thing of questions. Yeah, I guess so. Well, either way, we had a great time there. And you had a beautiful room at the hotel. <laughs> Gorgeous. They set you up. They said, Dan's coming. We're giving him the suite. <laughs> so we're at the, uh, the Chateau. A beautiful hotel. Gorgeous. Um, the, their breakfast area? It's like out of a movie. Light just pouring in. Uh, the bar is phenomenal. The lobby, out of this world. The staircase down to the lobby, it's out of a movie. The room? They haven't got to that floor yet. Do you think that they were sending you a message? <laughs> like, I don't want this guy back here. Give him the room. So, again, I didn't think they had hotel rooms on conference floors. That was confusing to me. Because I got off, I'm like, oh, this is a conference floor. I guess I hit the wrong button. Did it again. Ended up at the same floor. And um, needless to say, I woke up to, uh, there was a law conference going on outside my door in the morning. <laughs> the people next door, it was an adjoining room door. Obviously, we didn't open it because we didn't have that room rented. They, they had Otherwise, you would have. It was, they weren't partying, but it was... Two or three people, and they had a 24-hour conversation. They did not stop talking for 24 hours. Is there anyone in your life you could do that with? I'm no. trying to think. No, I want... I like, people to might say that you and I could do that, but if, if we're like in a car or something, we'll just be on our phones. Like, There's no way. But who could talk to someone for that long? <laughs> I don't know. That makes no sense to me. Hey, you know who else we had at the, uh, at the podcast, Dan? Um, and this was really... Appropriate because we were talking to TSN radio host Ian Mendez throughout the week, and he ended up coming to the podcast and he came on stage with us. He had got a massive ovation. He got a massive ovation, mostly because first of all he's popular; they love him in Ottawa. He's been there for a long time, but also that particular morning, Sense owner Eugene Melnick called him a bush league reporter on Toronto radio, mm -hmm. and Ian took the high road in the most unbelievable way. Um, he posted a picture 
of a bouquet that Eugene Melnick sent to his daughter. His daughter had brain, can brain surgery two years ago, and Eugene sent his daughter a bouquet of flowers to say, you know, hope you get well. And Ian posted that picture, you know, as a, as a way of taking the high road. I was so, I, I got to say, I, I thought so much of Ian before that, even more so after that. And then he came on stage with us, and then all those good feelings went away, and I don't <laughs> like him anymore. Ian Mendez is on the line. How are you, my friend? Guys, doing great. How are you? Great. Long friend. time no see. I know. What has this been, 72 hours since we've uh, seen each other? <laughs> has, <laughs> has the city recovered from our whirlwind stop in uh, the nation's capital? I'll tell you, you know, and for the people that weren't there, I think you brought the house down with your uh, your Nepean video from the uh, <laughs> uh, the early eighties. Like, was that gold or what? Nepean, Nepean. And I live, I live in Nepean. I've never. <laughs> Is that going to be uh, a ringtone now, Ian? Oh yeah, and I can Ian from Nepean. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the one thing that we could not get over, we knew there would be frustration with the Sens and with uh, the Sens owner, Eugene Melnick, but that, uh, that crowd, they were out for blood. They Whenever you say Melnick's name, it was, it was bad. Yeah, and I think, I, I think that's one of those things, if you're outside of the marketplace, you probably, you figure you might have an understanding for it, and then you come in and you see it, and it's, it's a tough spot. I'm not saying that they can't recover from it because I think there's a few owners. I think if you look around at pro, pro sports, I would say like James Dolan with the Knicks and yep. maybe Dan Snyder in Washington. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of who else. But there's a handful of owners where it's just the relationship is contentious. And that's what it is right now in Ottawa. And that's not to say that it can't be fixed and it, it can't get better because I think you always have to leave the door open for that possibility. But I would say that right now, in the 15-some-odd years that Eugene has owned the team, that the amount of anger from the fan base towards him is at an all-time high. And it's, it's, it's been running pretty hot here, temperature-wise, in, uh, in the last few months. Is there, were you surprised that he called you out that way? What was your relationship like with Eugene kind of over the course of the last year or so, Ian? Uh, driving my car around uh, Friday, dropped my daughter off to school, was listening to the interview in real time, and uh, and I was really surprised. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, because I've always thought I've had a pretty good relationship with him to the point where, um, you know, if I need uh, a question, I'll text him or email him, and he's always gotten back to me. And, um, you know, I, I guess the only thing on this one is I thought, wow, like, boy, if you guys really had a problem with what, what happened with that interview with, uh, with Pierre back in, uh, in February, which is about a month ago, I would have thought somebody would have reached out and said, like, ah, you know, I didn't really like your interviewing technique, or I didn't really like your, um, you know, your approach, or what, we would have hashed it out. So I was really surprised that, uh, that, that he went ahead and, and said that he had a problem with it. And listen, I, I know that he said, I think he said in that interview, and, you know, and I'm done talking with him. I, I think, I'd like to think, I've known him for 15-some-odd years, I'd like to think that one misstep, at least what he perceives to be a misstep, um, isn't going to completely destroy the relationship moving forward. But I was certainly taken aback by, uh, by, uh, by, by him having an issue with, uh, with the interview. Why don't you tell us what happened in that interview? You explained it at the live podcast. It was, uh, you had Pierre Dorian on your radio show and you asked him a specific question. 
Yeah, well, and I think, and, and I mean, what Eugene's issue was, and I guess I would assume by extension Pierre's issue would be, is we had him on for trade deadline day, and to Pierre's credit, he stayed with us for 25 minutes, which I think, if you go back and think about um, a general manager sticking with a an interview for 25 minutes, that's pretty good. So yeah. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, on, on trade deadline day, for him to hang in there, and... I asked him a couple of questions about the disconnect with the fan base, and, and Pierre's belief was, well, there's, I think you guys are overblowing the, the disconnect. I don't really think that there's a disconnect, and maybe you're listening to a minority of fans. And my point was, well, no, I, you know, I host a, a show every day on TSN 1200. I have a, a decent uh, you know, following on Twitter in terms of Senators fans. Where I feel like I have a decent pulse of the fan base. And we had... The phone lines were open that day because I think it was the day they traded Mark Stone. Yeah, it was the, the, the day they traded Mark Stone. So people were phoning in, and there was obviously um, a little bit of anger from the fan base. And I basically said, look, I've got this 20-second clip from a fan, a, a season ticket holder. She's been a season ticket holder for 20-some-odd years. And she's just really despondent and, and, and disappointed with the exodus of star players. And you think Alfredson, Carlson, Turris, that's, uh, you know, however far back you want to draw the line. And I thought maybe instead of him hearing from me that people are angry, maybe it would be good if he heard from a fan. And, this, and by no means was this an acidic call. By no means was this a toxic phone call. It was a really calm, a really polite woman who was a 20-year season ticket holder. And, and listen, Peter waved me off a couple of times, and that was it. I didn't say, you know what? Screw you, we're going to play the tape. And I, I, I didn't intend for this to be like one of those you know those Maury Povich where it's like, bam, somebody jumps out of the back and it's like, you know what, guess who we got here? Like, no, I wasn't trying to get into any kind of gotcha journalism. I was just trying to, I think, relay the voice of the fans to Pierre. And I thought that this one woman's voice sort of perfectly encapsulated what the fan base was feeling. Now, obviously, he disagreed. And obviously, I think to some extent, Eugene disagreed too. Now, the question, she compared the team to the Expos, correct? Yes, yeah, I believe, yeah, yeah, there's the Montreal Expos. Yeah. And so do you see, I mean, like I said, you know, previously before you came on, Ian, you really took the high road on Twitter, which uh, I think a lot of people would have a difficult time doing. I was very impressed with you doing that. Do you see any, is it going to be an easy reconciliation for you and Melly? Because obviously you're working in that market. At some point you guys are going to run into each other. Yeah, it's going to be pretty awkward, right, for it, uh fundraiser or something and all of a sudden it's like hey aren't you the guy that uh, or brown social leads? house you're hanging there with dan <laughs> yeah exactly or the dan o'toole theater there at uh, <laughs> uh so i mean yeah i think so, like i think and, and this is the way i like to pitch it to them because obviously you guys know that uh, the senators and, and tsn and then tsn 1200 by extension there's a pretty big partnership there right with bell media that um we broadcast their games on radio and on television, and uh, there's a, a significant amount of money that uh, that changes hands for that. And I think there's obviously a business aspect of this relationship. But what I'd like to, what I would like to pitch them is say, listen, um, your relationship with some of the fans is broken. I think it's fair to say that probably the relationship between me and Eugene Malik and possibly Pierre Dorian is at the very, you know, it might be broken or it's tenuous, whatever. Maybe we use this as a microcosm for the relationship with the fans. If you can fix the relationship with me and we can gain some trust back, I think that some fans might gain some trust back too, if that makes sense. I'm not sitting here and trying to tell you that, you know, hey, uh, 
the, the, the trust of the fans is, is in my hands, so don't, not by any stretch. But I think it could serve as a pretty good microcosm where if they're willing to, uh, you know, come halfway or partway, meet me somewhere partway, then I think we can get this done. But it's going to take some communication, it's going to take some patience, and it's going to take some trust. And I'd like to think that at some point uh, we're all going to get in the room and, 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 and try and figure something out. How's their search for uh, land for a new arena? Well, uh, the unfortunate thing is they have this prime parcel of land. And for the people not familiar with Ottawa, I mean, pretty much kind of like a kilometer, uh, you know, west of Parliament Hill, roughly. There was a nice plot of land, smack downtown. They had it handed to them on a silver platter, but there was a lot of infighting with the, uh, the groups involved, including Eugene Malnick and, uh, and the group. And so right now, for the foreseeable future, and I'm talking about probably for the next, at least seven, eight years, they're going to be in Canada. So for the people that make the jokes about you're playing in farmland and there's nothing to, to do out there, that joke's going to be going on for at least another decade. I think that the, um, the idea of a downtown arena at any point before like, 20, like 2026, 2027, to me, um, I, I don't see it doable. I think you're probably looking at seven or eight years away from us actually being inside a new arena in some other location whereas if they had gone with the other plan i think the hope was at some point within maybe four years that they would be able to uh, to be in a downtown arena ian uh, let's let's lighten the mood here i i'm always fascinated by people in our country because it's such a small sports media community you uh worked for sportsnet for years and now you work for TSN. I'm just curious about your perspective on that. Um, and feel free to speak freely. None of this will come back to, to affect your career. Uh, yeah. your, your perspective on working for the two different networks. Uh, big differences or, or are you like me and, and don't see too much difference since uh, we all have kind of worked with different people from both places? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, and and I'd like to point out that uh, Bell Media is the greatest employer. I think. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, no, I, I think you know what? And uh, I'm trying to think of other people that have worked for both. I Dregs has worked for both, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Dave Randorf. Dave Randorf. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, there's a handful. I, I honestly, and people, I don't know if they'll believe me or not, but it, it's almost like one company is blue, and that's Bell. One is red, and it's Rogers. And really, the differences aren't that great in between the two. I. I Guys, I will never say a crossword about uh, Sportsnet and the way they treated me because I, I loved it. I had 12 years, and the only reason why I left that was, you know, I had a young family, and it was a situation where it's like, you know, you're spending 100, 125, 130 days on the road. And, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to go to a place where I was working for the same media entity as Farhan Lalji. Of course. Just so, <laughs> just so I could be confused for him, uh, you know. No, but but in all seriousness, I I loved it on on the TSN side of things, where I get an opportunity on the radio side, and, and you guys would probably agree with this because you guys do TV and you do the podcast. You have so much fun with the radio side of things. I think people can see your personality a lot more. Whereas on television, they always saw me as here's this guy in a suit and he's talking about Daniel Alperton and Jason Spetson. I don't think. Um, for the most part, much of my personality or humor uh, came out on television. Whereas I think, I think it, for the most part, I'd like to think anyway, it uh, it translates pretty well on uh, on radio. So I've loved I've loved the switch. And yeah, there's not really I don't think like if you talk to to Randorf or Dreger or whoever, there's so much 
change in turnover in our business and so many people that have worked on both sides, certainly on the production side of things, that, boy, it, it, it's really hard to, to sit here and tell you that there's significant differences between the two, uh, the two entities. But you did mention uh, Farhan, and you told me a story uh, at the 2010 Olympics. That was when I first met you, and I, it's one of my favorites. Can you repeat the story on the podcast for me? Because yeah. uh, I feel like people are really going to enjoy this. Yeah, I think so, too. So this is, oh boy, so yeah, it probably predates yeah, 20. So somewhere in the mid-2000s there, I, and I'm, I'm working sports at games, and I'm doing, I'm, I was the ringside reporter for the Senators for, you know, 10 years or whatever. And, you know, but sometimes people would just, you know, they see you, and, they're, and they just yell out, you know, Farhan Lalji, or they're like, Arash Madani, or, you know, there's like four brown guys that work in, in sports media. It's like, Nabil Karim, my man, what's going on? And I say, okay. Well, my favorite one, and this is years ago, this is in Ottawa, and I'm, and I'm on the bench and I've wrapped up, you know, you do those little pregame interviews with the players on the bench, and there's like 10 or 15 minutes of the game starts, and this guy's reaching kind of over the boards, the glass, he's yelling, he's so excited to see me, but he yells out, Fargy. And I'm thinking, Fargy? What? Who's Fargy? Fargy. And then it, it only dawned on me later that this guy was so excited to see me that not only did he confuse me for Farhan Lodge, he then combined Farhan Lodge's first and last name into Fargy. And so I remember, and so it's funny, sometimes my buddies here too, they'll still text me, and even a couple of guys on the radio here, will, they refer to me as Fargy. Hey, Fargy, what's going on? It's, it's the most random thing of, uh, of all time, but it is one of my favorite things that, uh, that people still, sometimes will say, hey, Fargy, what's going on? Um. You were great on stage. Uh, I have to say, if you if you wanted a future in politics, and that whole that whole room loved you, they were they were eating it up. You were you're a man of the people. I mean, you may, maybe you're the mayor that Melnick will have to deal with <laughs> to get this arena deal done. Wow, you know, I'm thinking about. You know what though? I'm thinking at best if I ever go into politics, best case for me, like I think I could maybe run for like one of those what is it, like school board trustee. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I could be a school board trustee, something like that. I don't even think city councilors within my grasp, you know. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I'd go, I'd go school board trustee or one of those sort of uh, things where I'm just really, I'm just hoping that people recognize the name. They're like on ballot box, at the ballot box. Yeah, I've heard of that guy, and they just. Uh, they just vote for me. Fargy 2022. Fargy, got our vote. <laughs> uh, Ian, this is we awesome. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, it was great chat with you. Great seeing you last week. Thank you so much for all your help and uh, continued success on TSN 1200. Well, you, you bet you guys. Thanks for uh, for uh, making the time to, uh, to have me join you guys. And thanks for, uh, for, for doing everything you did when you came up here to Ottawa. I know that it was a... Uh, uh, very well received first ever uh, show on the road. I think uh, people would love to see you back here again. Thank Perfect. you. Thank you, Ian. Thanks, buddy. All right, thank you. It's silence now. That was a really fun interview. He's a nice guy. Yeah. So I wanted to ask him uh, how much of the you get off your cable bill working for Rogers. Oh, like you wanted to see how the discounts <laughs> compared over there, compared to over here. Well, do you get a ki- discount on your I think it's 25%. Is that what you get? Tim, is Tim in there? Tim, what do Tim we get? Tim, Tim is all over these things. 35%. 35%. I says that. I don't get, uh, I can't get that. So uh, I'm stuck paying full freight. <laughs> but I still uh, get my bell. My bell fives. Oh. And I rock, I rock, uh, oh, they've got Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse on for rental. i got to watch that. Okay, one. that's the cartoon one? Yeah. And it's Apparently all it's great. a bunch of different stories? Different Spider-Mans. 
And Spider Woman's spiders. Yeah, apparently it's fantastic. I think Tim saw it. Tim, didn't you see it? No answer. Tim's putting the lineup together. T- Tim's <laughs> busy uh, tweeting something to somebody. Yeah. Tim's not even here? Yeah, that's typical, Tim. That's mm. typical. Um, well, I guess that's it. That's it? I don't know. Do we have uh, anything uh, else? Well, I wanted to ask you, um, so you flew to Ottawa. Yes, it was great. Porter, a little bumpy sometimes on the takeoff and the landing. <laughs> so door to door, how long was your journey? So from the moment you stepped out of your front door to the moment you stepped into the hotel. Well, the beauty of living downtown and flying Porter is I'm at the airport in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm checked in in about 15 so i don't know half an hour plus the 45 minute flight plus a 10 i don't know 10 15 minute uber downtown i missed apparently there's someone there to pick us up and i didn't realize it i (laughs) kind of screwed that up so i don't know maybe hour and a half tops total no 30 minutes plus 45 minutes plus that's an hour 15. I'm giving you another 15 for the Uber. I'll give you another half hour for incidentals. So two Sitting hours. Sitting around. Two hours, maybe? Okay. It was pretty good. I mean, especially to Ottawa, Montreal, it's tough to beat. I know. That's the thing. Because for me, I'd have to go an hour backwards to go to the airport. Instead of, I just take you off. You like driving. Like, for me, I, I, I don't want to drive. Two hours is a max drive for me i don't want to drive any more than that. my my ass gets sore i want to get out, <laughs> out of that car and do some uh, i love a flight and also i like porter uh the the stewardesses have the i'm sorry the flight attendants flight attendants have the outfits can we get them to come to orno you guys could have picked me up didn't they have a airport in orno at one time <laughs> the dan o'toole international airport remember back in the day again this is getting very toronto specific but they were going to build an international airport in pickering which is uh just east of downtown toronto but those plans were scrapped they shut that down fast i think so i don't know is anyone are they still talking about that anyone know that's where cameraman glenn lives. they're still talking pickering, about it? right Glenn said they're still talking still about Still talking it. about the international airport? Well, if they haven't started, they haven't broke, that's a 30, 40-year project. Who, the, who do they name the international airport Pickering after, Glenn, if you're to guess? Mike Myers? Mike Myers, that'd be good. The Mike Myers International Airport. Hmm. That'd be interesting. I'm still a little broken up that when we left for L.A., in Markham which is another suburb of Toronto, they, were, they voted down a new arena. They were trying to build a big new downtown for Markham, and they were going to have a, mm-hmm. an NHL-sized arena. They're going to try to have an NHL team in Markham. I've always said this city, a minimum, this market should have minimum two teams. It's ridiculous. But they should both be playing out of the Scotiabank Arena. Well, that made sense to me, but the Leafs are, are like communist China, the way they <laughs> run this market. So, um, you know, they've got the say, and you can't say anything no! about it. No, you can't come into our arena, and we get all the money! No! There's literally six million people in this market that want to watch. Like, you, you could easily have another team. Easily. Would, Even if that team didn't sell out every night, they still get more It would add to your brand Florida. because there's the Lakers. The Clippers will never be the, the Clippers Lakers. Clippers are so far down. They're just happy to be there. Steve Ballmer's just happy to own a team. 
yeah, they're never going to be what the Lakers are there. So the Leafs never... I, that's how insecure the Leafs are. I should maybe be a bit cooler about the Leafs since Val co-owns <laughs> them. But they're so insecure about... Like, that's so insecure to not let another team into your market to think that somehow this is going to cut into your market share. Like, honestly, come on, Leafs. You've got it. You've got... You're making yeah. zillions. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you're you, fine. guy. Your brand's okay. You're going to be fine. But I love the idea of... Uh, of a Toronto St. Pat's team. You know, you have the Leafs, you have the St. Pat's. Two separate teams, they play out of the ACC. And the other great thing about a second Toronto team is for expats like myself who are from other parts of the country, and then we'd have a Toronto team to cheer for. Because we can't cheer for the Leafs. I mean, come on. And people might be able to afford to go to a hockey game. Probably not. I think it's probably just as expensive. Hmm. But Markham would have been good because it would have served... You know, the Pickerings, the Whitbys, the Scarboroughs, it would have been a big area to draw from that, as you point out, Dan, then you wouldn't have to drive downtown, you know? Mm-hmm. Dan, you could go to concerts in Markham. What's you could the, go see all your favorite artists. What's the Ottawa airport like? I've never been. It's beautiful. Not, the gates aren't marked great, but it's beautiful. <laughs> lots of, you were talking about the breakfast room at what? the Chateau, the, lots of natural light. A gate, all you have to put up is a number. I know. It was, uh... Stoff and I got off the plane. We're like, we couldn't find the, a sign for the baggage. Maybe we were drunk. I don't know. I didn't have anything to drink. But it's, a, it's a great airport. Ottawa's a nice city. People, people say it's boring, but it's a government town. So I think everyone just thinks every government town's boring. It's not boring. I saw art. That's a, on the welcome sign. <laughs> we're not boring. There's art here. You go to the National Gallery? What I time did. did you get here? What time are you leaving? <laughs> Saw some. Uh, Where some, are you staying? Some Tom Thompson pieces. I'd love a bunch to go of other stuff to that gallery. The Renaissance period. I've now determined that I'm not a fan. Not a fan of Renaissance paintings. It's either Jesus and he's in a lot of distress, mm-hmm. fat baby, or a naked woman, and yeah, they all just do var- they all just do variations of them. Right. You're like, okay. There's a fat Jesus. Can someone... There's a naked Jesus. Can someone switch it up? And no one's smiling. There's a fat baby who's not smiling. So you're more of an impressionist kind of guy? Give me anything but that. Anything Uh, but reality. The Dan O'Toole story. I sent you the one picture of Jesus. It looked like he had just hit the bong. Probably had. Have you went through all that (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you... Take a t- couple of hits? Mm. I guess so. Jesus. What a guy. Oh, that concludes the <laughs> podcast. Jesus. That's our Jesus what a pod. Does anyone do a Jesus pod? They must. I'm, I'm sure. Here. Uh, I like the idea of you hosting a Jesus hopefully pod. Hopefully, I hit peak Canadianity while at the National Art Gallery. I'm just sitting there having a glass of wine after we'd finished seeing the, uh, the gallery. And... Um, this lady all of a sudden's on a mic. These people all dressed in black with uh, red ties and bow ties on. Uh, she came out, gave a little spiel. She said, we're the National Chamber Choir Orchestra. Um, we get together only three times a year. Uh, we're going to play you some music. So they started belting out music. with the renaissance paintings i feel like if you had sent that clip to 
Nah, I just... Better just, to just hold your phone to your mic. And then they started playing some um, Gordon Lightfoot. That's... Is there anything more Canadian than Gordon Lightfoot? What do you think two glasses of wine cost at the National Art Gallery? $40. Wow. Bang on. 42 bucks. Got to pay for those Renaissance paintings <laughs> for those fat babies. Get it... Get us some more fat babies! I want another fat baby, and I want another <laughs> drugged-out Jesus. I want another strung-out Jesus. But, sir, we have too many. <laughs> We've got so many of the Jesuses. More, Jesus! Uh, your lady friend told a great story about you guys going to the Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and she said that she was trying to... Re you know, you go to a museum, and they have little descriptors of the paintings where he painted it what he was doing at the time and she said it was so well done and they did such a great job at the museum and she was reading one of them and she said to you uh, hey come over here and read this and she turned around and you were petting a service dog <laughs> you had already checked out of the whole museum thing and you were petting a service dog something that that you're not supposed to do but you say you asked if you could pet the service dog yes and then he became my friend so Kept seeing him throughout the museum. <laughs> I like the idea of a podcast where you go to museums and just find out how much the wine costs, <laughs> see how many fat baby Jesuses there are on the walls, and make friends with the service dogs. Like, I want a nice big teethy smile on someone in a Renaissance painting. You will never find that. If you do, take a picture for Everyone me. was on the verge of death. <laughs> there, what was there to smile about? There was always a threat around every corner. Disease, war, famine. It's not a happy time. Well, what is someone this guy painting for? He should be helping out. Someone's got to document it. That's our job now. Hmm. Well, we better run. It's been fun, guys. Yeah. I gotta go, uh, go write some stuff. I gotta pee. We will, uh, talk to you next week. Again, keep your eyes on our Twitter and Instagram feed for potential news coming your way. <laughs> hey, and a shout out to, hey, Grant, you ready? My wife. My wife. See ya. What, for any reason? Nah. Okay. They're going home.
This is the Jay and Dan Podcast. 